and welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Obviously, really excited to welcome Zoe Welch to the podcast. You can find her on Instagram, the infamous Instagram at salty.zozo. So check her out. She's a yoga teacher based in Austin, Texas, but I did meet her in LA a couple years ago when I was DJing a couple of her classes out here. So I thought she was cool. I reached out to her and she wanted to be on the show. So um, yeah, we're going to get to the interview very soon. Just a couple things. I'm going to talk a little bit about yoga. You know, obviously I sort of started making fun of yoga about six, seven, eight months ago on Instagram with some sort of crazy quotes where I'm being satirical about the shift in our yoga culture and what people are paying attention to on Instagram. And, you know, this is sort of a, this is an important point. I think yoga teachers posting sort of this weird, perfect life on Instagram, I do think they've changed the shape of yoga forever. Um, I mean, I think there may, there's becoming a backlash and it's possibly toning down a little bit. But I think our culture's obsession with looking perfect and pretty all the time and how it has sort of taken over Instagram is affecting our culture. And so when I see yoga teachers that portray this perfect life, like they have the answers on how you should live your life, especially when so many of them could be in their early 20s and they pretend that they have everything figured out, I do think it's damaging. I think it's um, toxic. I think it's manipulative. And and then what's so scary is a lot of wellness companies and brands end up hiring these people to represent their products. And it trickles down. It, it, it has such a deep impact on our culture, especially the yoga industry. So I think we need to take a step back and really think about what we're paying attention to, who we're raising up as somebody in the yoga industry that we should look up to. Um, and the irony is about this, and I was the funny thing about this is in the New York Times yesterday or today, uh, there's this article that just came out. I'm not gonna uh, read it too much, but or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read the article, but you should check it out. It's basically yoga's Instagram prov- uh, provocateur. And yeah, it's a, it's basically about <laughs> this yoga teacher who's a reputable yoga teacher on the East Coast, but she uses Instagram to sort of make fun of the wellness community and the and yoga teachers on Instagram. And I think I think a lot of yoga teachers think that it's innocent and it's just they're thinking about themselves and the money they can make. And on the one hand, I, I sort of, yeah, I get it. I could see why yoga teachers would say yes to becoming a spokesperson for particular products and brands on Instagram. But I do think it's a fine line because yoga is supposed to be really the anti-Instagram and yet yoga is really sort of becoming what Instagram is. It's becoming sort of, look at me, look how hot and sexy and great looking I am. And it's really, there's no depth to it. And the problem is, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I do think this is affecting the culture. I do think it's affecting the yoga practice. And I, I just, I think it's something that we need to talk about. And that's sort of one of the reasons why I started the podcast. I think it's important to talk to yoga teachers. You know, I'm tied and I'm tapped into the, uh, the yoga community out here in LA. I teach yoga. I know a lot of yoga teachers and I'm very great, uh, grateful um, that teachers want to come on the show and talk to me because I think it's important to get to know teachers and realize that they're human beings. That's the thing about Instagram. I think, especially in the yoga world, it it has this tendency to make yoga teachers out to be like gods or like they're perfect and they have all the answers and they're always happy and they know how you should live your life. And they're humans just like you and me. I mean, I'm a yoga teacher, but believe me, I, I, I am far from being perfect. But I do think I'm... Um, I think I do have something to say, and I think I can lead a pretty cool yoga class. And and this sort of leads me to my next point before I, I get to the interview with Zoe. I do think there are really good yoga teachers out there, and I thought I would take this moment to sort of just mention a few teachers that I go to that I respect that I think are doing a good thing. I think Calvin Corzine in Santa Monica is a yoga teacher that I look up to and really like. I think Matt Fippen over at Wanderlust in Hollywood is an amazing yoga teacher. I think Tamal Dodge in Culver City is a great yoga teacher. 
Um, those are just three that come to mind that I've been to many times. I think it's really important for you more than ever to research and talk to people about the yoga teachers that they go to. Don't believe what you see on Instagram because they're probably just selling something or they have to look happy all the time or they have to look perfect all the time because that is sort of the impression that that's that's sort of, you know, the that's the belief that if you're a yoga teacher, you have everything figured out. And that's just not the truth. It's not the case. And so, yeah, I think I'm bringing this all up because Zoe, who's coming on my show, you know, she's hired by a lot of companies to promote their products on Instagram. And she has a lot of followers. And I wanted to ask her about this sort of stuff and what she deals with when, you know, a company reaches out to her and wants them wants her to represent their products and i the thing that i do like about zoe and her instagram she doesn't come across as having all the answers and being perfect i think that's the key this thing about a yoga teachers telling you how to live your life on instagram seemingly having all the answers that's just unhealthy and that to me is where the problems originate uh, all right that's where the problems can spin out of control I don't know how it all happened where yoga teachers suddenly felt as though they need to look perfect and have all the answers on Instagram all the time, but it's 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 created it's creating a lot of harm in the yoga community, I think. Because people on Instagram are looking up to these people as if they have all the answers. And so they're manipulating you and they're perpetuating this process. So uh, where it seems like yoga teachers need to have all the answers on Instagram. So, yeah, I just the, anyway. So I just I just thought it was interesting that this article came out in the New York Times where this woman's making fun of the yoga community on her Instagram. And I just I think um, maybe finally people maybe more people are realizing that this world that's being portrayed on Instagram is basically complete bullshit. So um, anyway, thanks so much for listening to the show. Again, if you're new to the podcast, the downward facing spiritual spiral. I just think Instagram is dramatically impacting our culture in a negative way primarily. And one of the things that's being lost in our culture these days is the art of conversation. We aren't really talking to people anymore. Um, because people primarily are staring at their phones all day, they're not really getting to know them. They're believing this sort of made-up world that they're creating on Instagram. And nine times out of ten, it's probably bullshit. So I wanted to create a show where I'm talking to yoga teachers, artists, musicians, and, and hear their stories, not the bullshit story that they portray on Instagram, but real life stories about what they think about, deal with. So yeah, so thanks so much um, for listening. By the way, I do teach out here in Los Angeles at Hyperslow on, uh, which is like Fifth and Fairfax. So you can come take my class. It would be awesome to see you there. I'm also going to be starting teaching. I'm going to start teaching in a new studio in Culver City in about six weeks, but I'll tell you about that later. As always, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, write a review, share the podcast with all your peeps. And as always, thanks so much for listening. And I hope you dig the interview that I had with Zoe. Well, here's what's in, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Um, for having me. Yeah, I. What's interesting about you, and I feel like, I obviously I was reading about you and stuff, or trying. That's the great thing about having a podcast. I can stalk people like in sort of a professional way. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Well, I feel like you kind of you've got like this LA scene thing that was happening and now you're like at the Austin thing happening and you're from Massachusetts and then I feel like you were in San Francisco also and I feel like yeah. there was some bouncing around going on and how did you yeah. end up yeah how did like we'll, we'll get to the LA thing but how did you sure. how did you end up in Austin and, and what's going on there right now and by the way you're a, you're a yoga te you're a yoga teacher for people that know, don't know over at Wanderlust in Austin I am, yes. I'm a yoga teacher. I also help to manage our domain studio. Okay. Which is our newest location. Um, so, yeah, I'm at the studio full time. And I, I mean, was living in California for 13 years. And it definitely it became home. Um, but my 
family lives in Missouri. Okay. Part of my bouncing around. Yeah. Um, and after all those years in California and kind of just the grind of Los Angeles, I was feeling the tug to be closer to home, closer to family. Um, around the time I moved here, my sister was getting married. And so it just made sense. I didn't want to move to Missouri, but <laughs> sure. I'd visited Austin a couple of times. Okay, it was cool. such a rad city. Um, I attended a class at Wanderlust Yoga, so I knew the yoga scene here was legit, and it just felt like right timing. There yeah. was a 300-hour advanced teacher training that was starting in the fall at Wanderlust, and I figured, hey, I'll do the six-month training, yeah. get a feel for Austin. If it's not a good fit, then I go back to L.A., and it ended up being the most amazing thing to ever happen to me, so I love it here. So you're really digging it there. I am, yeah. The people here are so grounded and kind, and there's a sense of a, truly a work-life balance right. that people cherish and hold very dear. Yeah, and I appreciate that because in LA, it's you have to hustle. You got to be on your grind 24/7, or some young buck that's moving to town is gonna, you know. Yeah, well, it's it was well. It's funny because I I I was I just got back from vacation and I and you know I I have this love hate relationship with social media in the sense that yeah I I, I get you need to use it and I it makes sense but I think my issue is that there's such an addictive quality to it where if you're not sure. careful you're just sort of like staring at your phone all day looking at meaningless shit and I I am curious we'll get there later but yeah you sort of touched on it a little bit. Um, and I was talking to Paul about this actually, where LA does sort of have this twenty four seven thing. Uh, yeah. So talk to me about that. I mean, what's what's the big, not just in yoga, but what's what's the difference between being in in Austin and Los Angeles? What do you feel? Well, I felt for me personally, living in LA, I was I was so lucky to be living in Marina del Rey, right across the street from the beach, and yet in order to afford that apartment, I was just working my butt off teaching way too many classes a week Yeah. Um, on the edge of burnout kind of 24 seven Sure. and barely having time to really enjoy my environment. You know, my visits to the beach were way fewer and far between than you right. know, they should have been yeah. as someone who's obsessed with the ocean. Sure. And, and I love my group of friends in LA and um, they're like my forever family, but even when I did have time to spend quality time with that group, my mind was always thinking about like, all right, where's my next job? Where am I supposed to be next? Um, it was really hard to be present and grounded and truly with the people that I love. Yeah, because you're work because you're worrying about a lot of stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, there's a there's you know a lot to worry about. Am I gonna, you know, even just like, <laughs> it's silly, but like just partying with friends on a Tuesday night, like, oh, I got to be mindful of like how much I'm drinking because I have a 6 a.m. class to teach tomorrow morning. <laughs> yes. And it's like, it's hard to be fully present. Um, yeah. Here in Austin, it's, I mean, people work hard. Sure. But there's also, I mean, I find myself being reminded by my students here. They're like, hey, Zoe, have you taken a yoga class recently? Yeah. I haven't seen you in class. When was the last time you went to Barton Springs? I haven't seen you on the trail. It's like there's a there's a real care and concern for people's well being and and mental health that um, and a sense of community that is unlike any other place I've I've lived. Wow. So, where did you yeah. te Where did you teach? And you said you were here in LA for 13 years. Well, I was in California for 13 okay. years. I was in um, San Francisco for seven. That's okay. where I went to college. Okay. Then worked in tech for a while. Um, and then I was in LA for six years. Well, let's talk about, so you, um, I don't want to, we don't have to backtrack too much, but I'm just curious. Yeah. So you're in San Francisco, you go to college and you're doing tech and it makes sense that you're doing tech in San Francisco. So what were you doing? Right. And then what was the transition from tech to, to yoga or was yoga yeah. or was yoga sort of a part of your life already? Yoga was always a part of my life. My dad was a yoga instructor. And mm. um, okay. so grew up with dad teaching yoga. Um, I grew up dancing, doing ballet, tap, jazz. And dad's rule was kind of, you have to do your stretches, do yoga, you know, post rehearsals sure. so that your body doesn't fall apart. 
That's and cool. Of course, fast forward a couple of years, I'm in San Francisco studying ballet as one of my majors and get injured and have to get surgery on both my feet. Oh my God. Um, so it was really, I mean, it was yoga that helped with my recovery and, and regained my confidence of even just being able to walk and, and put weight on my feet again. But what was the injury? Um, what was the injury? It was a combination of things, just like the way my feet are built, just jeans. Um, <laughs> and, and then the amount, amount of pressure that's on your feet doing crazy things like point ballet. Yeah. Um, that by the time I was in college, I couldn't make it through an hour ballet class without being in excruciating pain. Um, it was a combination of like bunions and stuff with my arches. Yeah. So I elected to get a double bunionectomy surgery. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it was either stop dancing or get surgery. Hmm. And the, the mental toll that having the surgery took on me, I was so afraid to put weight back on my feet again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's how I got into tech. I was like, all right, the dance dreams are on the back burner. Right. Um, I'm going to get a corporate job with like a good salary because you have to in San Francisco. Of course. It's so expensive. Yeah, it's, it's crazy um, up there. Yeah. But years of working in tech, I was getting really depressed. I missed movement. I missed dancing. So when I moved to LA, well, wait, I was let's... working for a Let's talk about that. Yeah. So like what, Yeah. why did you decide to go to LA or, or what was going on? LA was a move for a guy. Okay, sure. And, uh, Heard that yeah, story before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it didn't work out, but I met so many amazing people in Los Angeles and it was being around so many performers and dancers in LA. I was like, I can, I can do tech part-time yeah. and do dance part-time and, you know, have a salary and follow my passion. Yeah. Um, and very quickly, the tech fell to the wayside and I was doing dance and fitness full-time. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Dan, yeah. it's so interesting. Just dance. I, I talk to um, a lot of women, especially yogis. Well, I, I'll just backtrack. I talk to a lot of women who are yogis and, and dance yeah. really is... is a big part of it almost feels like the two were connected in this um, why is that what's what's going on I just I, I see it all the time I think there's as a dancer there's a connection to your body and to your and to music that just never leaves you it's always yeah. a part of you yeah um, and so stepping into I'll never forget stepping into um, a class like Mia Togo's in Santa mm. Monica yoga sure. works yeah She's a former dancer as well. Uh -huh. And the way that she sequenced her flows felt like choreography. Hmm. And so while I was terrified of stepping into a dance studio and potentially re-injuring my feet, being in her class felt like I was dancing again. I was getting that same connection to my body, um, connection of movement to the music that was really missing in my life. And yeah, it feels like home. Yeah, it's funny because you're like I've met you because um, you taught at Sweat when we when I DJ'd. Yeah, but you I DJ'd for a couple of my classes. But I feel like you were you were just like visiting. You had already moved to Austin. Um, I was yeah, I had moved here and I was back just for a weekend. Yeah, doing a kind of a mm -hmm. thing. But I just feel yeah. like you're sort of connected to like we never met before that. But I do feel like you're connected to sort of the yoga world that I'm connected with out here and you know Calvin you knew Paul yeah. and Mia who else um who else before I get into sort of your transition of actually becoming a yoga teacher you know who sure. else who else do you know out here that that you know what's what was your yoga community like out here yeah I I mean I I worked the front desk at yoga work Santa Monica for a while on Main Street um, so I love I love Vinny and Calvin and Mia and sure. um I studied with Thomas Tobman and Sean Gray for my 200 hour. Oh, wait, I, that's, that's right. I read that. You actually studied. Wait, where did you take Sean's 200 hour? Because I used to take his class all the time. Did you? Yeah, at, um, at Yoga Works South Bay. Oh, funny. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, he was assisting my 200 hour. So okay, he, cool. he's a rad dude. Yes, he is. He was on the show, actually, a long time. He was was one, he? Yeah, he was one of my first guests. 
Um, God, okay, so you know Calvin, Vinny, and Sean, and... um... Yeah, and then I worked at, um, I taught at Equinox and Sweat Yoga. Yeah, but Um, you you hadn't taken a training at this point, had you? I Yeah, I had, um, well, so I was teaching dance and fitness. Okay. Um, I was actually teaching ballet bar for Yoga Works, and... And I didn't, yoga was my dad's thing. Right. You know? Yeah. I appreciated it and I loved taking classes, but I saw yoga as like this, you know, you, you have to be very experienced and maybe older and wiser. <laughs> right. Um, and it was, it was my manager at Yoga Works for the Yoga Works Fitness uh-huh. Department that suggested I do a 200 hour. She's like, even if you don't plan on teaching yoga one day, just the knowledge of anatomy and the body will sequencing you know will really benefit your your dance and and fitness training i mean lo and behold i loved it yeah now it's my career wow and then how quickly were you were you teaching um you know not bar type classes but yoga um pretty much right away um i i had just finished my certification and the owner of sweat yoga saw a video of one of my dance classes mm-hmm. and he was like if you can teach a yoga class with the same energy that you teach a dance class you'll be great yeah and so i'm forever grateful to him um for giving me my first legit yoga teaching job so sweat was your first place yeah that's cool yeah it's funny yeah. i actually i watched a video of you a couple hours ago at your recent um like your um naked juice class yeah yeah Yeah, i watched it was on your facebook page and i just it's you just you ooze um like festival yoga teacher just you have the the, no you have the voice and you have the energy and you have that vibe and your voice really carries well and resonates well and uh, you have this big smile when you're teaching so yeah 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 i i love it i um yeah i i truly love like seeing people move and be happy in their bodies it's yeah so what happened though where like in LA that's the you know let's talk a little bit more about the LA thing though just yeah um, it's it's stressful and it's and it's and were you just like teaching 15 20 classes a week and not making you know ends meet or something or what what made you decide i mean i'm sure a lot of stuff was going on where you just and yeah. you, already, you already brought up your sister but um what sort of i'm sure a lot of things were happening where all right i've had it with this place i've got to go somewhere else it was a combination of things it was teaching you know 20 to 30 classes a week and not feeling like i had time for myself to recharge which as a yoga teacher like if you aren't filling your own cup you're <laughs> getting close to like, you know, you're probably doing a disservice to your students, not being fully there for them. Right. Um, and of course, after, after every class, you're grateful and you feel amazing. Yeah. But there are so many times I'd be driving to the studio and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Hmm. And like, what a shitty state of mind. Like I get to teach yoga. Like that's my job. I'm being yeah. Paid for it. But it was, you know, it was too much. I had too much on my plate. And then there's also, as you know, in LA, you talk about it a lot. Yeah. The the social media Instagram thing, it was really hard not to just fall into the trap of the comparison game. Yeah. And looking at my friends who were doing the same thing I was and they were booking gigs that I wasn't booking or they were, you know, getting to travel and lead retreats and I wanted to be doing those things too. And like, why why can't I get there? Yeah. And it's just such a it was really hard to be present and grateful for where I was on my path because what I was doing was like rad. Like looking back on all the things I did in LA, yeah, it's fucking rad. Like I did some really cool things, but in the moment, I you know wasn't giving myself permission to enjoy it. Um, well, this is a really this is sort of an important thing. I mean, here you are, a successful yeah. yoga, a successful yoga teacher, and doing really well, and you're still caught up in. And I talk about it a lot, but it's like a real emotional thing happening with Instagram oh, yeah. and I just oh, yeah 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 and I think you get like you start to get into the whole I mean you know everyone's doing handstands and crazy inversions and 
you start to, I don't know, um, it's really hard not to, to feel like you're, you're being an imposter, you know, like, well, I can't do that. So why am I teaching? It's like, well, that's not the point. You, you teach what you know. Like, yeah. But I've, yeah, but I felt that way too. Like, because I have fucked up wrists and I, I'll never really be able to do handstand without like a wall or something. But I did, I did get caught up in the obsession of handstand and I felt like I need to do that. And yeah. And yet there are so many people that have probably the same injury as you and like need you to be their (laughs) non handstand teacher, you know, and teach to what yoga can look like with wrist injuries. Let me, let me ask you, um, do you think there was, there's like a, there was an irresponsibility, um, happening where I, cause I look, it won't be proven, but I do feel as though that sort of has steered yoga down a different path. Uh, I think Instagram yeah. did take yoga to a much more acrobatic, physical, look at me type of thing. Uh, whether right. pe- whether people are aware of it or not, I just that's that's my impression. I mean, what do you what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know we so quickly forget that the physical practice was first and foremost meant to get us ready to sit in meditation. Right. And I think it's really cool that you know meditation apps are as popular as they are, and that mindfulness you know is having its day in the spotlight. Yeah. I think that's most important. It's like how do we make how do we make meditation sexy? Like how right. do we make mindfulness and being present? Um, how do we make that as sexy, if not sexier, than the upside down crazy acrobatic poses? Yeah. Um, and I think that's on. I think that's the responsibility of of yoga teachers to remind students, like, hey, it doesn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you can do these crazy shapes. What's your mental health like? what's your relationship with yourself at the end of the day, you can be able to create those crazy shapes and, you know, be talking shit to yourself. Right. Um, So, yeah. And do you feel like LA teachers are more into doing that or at least were into that crazy shit? Or do you see that kind of stuff happening in Austin too? It's everywhere. It is. It really is. Yeah. And I think because of social media, it's everywhere. It'd yeah. be one thing if, like, we were in our little, like, you know, Austin or L.A. bubbles and we're just affected by what was happening in the, you know, yoga community here. Yeah. But we're not. Like, it's everything permeates everything. Yeah. Um, everything affects everything. It's like you have to really be living under a rock to not be affected by what's going on in other communities. Well, for people that haven't, you know, listened to my show – um, I do think one of the things, you know, about like six months ago, I had this inspiration to start a podcast because I'm writing a book and a couple people I spoke to thought, you know, a lot of writers have a forum. It's not just their book. A lot of writers will actually talk on a podcast or they'll write a blog. Okay. And so I created one, but it sort of evolved into this because it's a satire about our culture, but it's the podcast has become about the impact that social media is having on our lives. And one thing I think that we don't do anymore is, uh, oh, I'm hearing my cat scratching at the door. So one thing, one thing I don't think we do, which is what we're doing right now is actually have like face to face conversations where you get, where you get to know somebody and get to talk to them. And so I, I, oh God, hold on. My cat's scratching at the door. Oh my God. (laughs) Nelly. Sorry. No worries. My dog is outside my door whining right now. Oh my gosh. That's so, it's so, of course, <laughs> our lives are led by pets. They control everything. Dogs and cats actually rule the world and we're just secondary. But, um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I just, I feel like, you know, it's, I just think it's really important to get to know people and talk to them and not just know them based on like what they wear, what their social media following looks like. And, and so I just, you know, just talk to me a little bit more about 
mean, what do you tell your students? Uh, and and I, I mean, I will ask you about your social media in a little bit, because um, sure. I do think you kind of have an influencer, quote unquote, thing going on a little bit. I do feel like people reach out to you and try to collaborate with products and that kind of thing. You know, what, what are your feelings? How do you balance social media and, and where, where do you sort of draw the line or what do you feel comfortable posting and that kind of thing? I, I mean, I'm so grateful for what Instagram has um, provided me with in terms of being able to reach more people um, that I can post videos like the dance one you saw and have my mom in Chicago dancing along, you know, and she can't attend classes in real life. That's really cool. Um, And I also have, you know, had the opportunity to travel and write cool articles and, and who knows how long it would have taken me to, probably could have done those things without social media, but it certainly fast-tracked the process. Definitely. And um, and for me, I feel a responsibility to share positive content and stuff to remind people of like, what is possible. I, I do my best to limit my time on social media because – I know myself, I get trapped into, you know, comparing. And, and so I think it's, I mean, with anyone on social media, it's a responsibility to share authentic content that's hopefully helping someone out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I think the, the challenge for that word authenticity, you know, what I, I mean, I have the belief that our brains think everything that we see on Instagram is authentic. And that's why I think so many people compare and get depressed or get sad because they actually think that everything is authentic. And the problem is, is that and every only people are posting happy stuff all the time. But right. I, but I do think as a yoga teacher, it is important to to post that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and without like without going into too much detail, I'll share when I'm going through a rough time. Yeah, and um, and it's not you know a woe is me. It's like hey, I'm a human being. I'm going through something, and this is what I do to get through it. Yeah, hoping that it might help someone who's in a similar situation. Um, but yeah, I try to be very aware of you know. Not everything is sunshine and rainbows and you know unicorns. Yeah, well, that's, life is hard. No, I. I but it's funny because I, I, in the little bit that I uh, met you and talked to you, I did feel as though there was an actual authenticity to you, and it's not just all daffodils and puppy dogs and cats. And I, yeah. it's funny. I I saw this interview with Ellen. And I'm wondering if you feel this also, like, you know, because she always seems happy and goofy all the time, somehow the question was asked, you know, do you feel the pressure to be like that all the time? Or do people forget that you're a human being? And, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same kind of thing. Like people just sort of assume that you're always relaxed and, and, and sort of Zen and always like positive and happy. So um, do you feel pressure being a yoga teacher? Yeah, for sure. And also, I feel like I wouldn't be able to relate to my students if I always put on that mask. Yeah. I think my students trust me because I'm not always happy sunshine. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I try and see the positive in everything because I think it's a waste of time, you know, not to, yeah. but, but also life is hard. And obviously like I leave my shit outside the door when I walk into that space so I can be fully present and available for my students. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, it's a responsibility too, but I make sure that, you know, the themes of my classes aren't always uppity happy. Right. It's like, Hey, life is hard. How do we get through it together? And yeah, making sure that the theme is kind of ride a wave of how do you deal when life is good? How do you deal when life is bad? How do you deal when you're confused and don't know how to feel?
Well, what, I mean, do you go to a yoga class or what do you do when you're having, uh, I mean, do you go for walks? Do you reach out to family or what's, what's your, what's your. Yeah, I think, well, I value community so much. I mean, you look at the cultures that have the highest mortality rates and the, you know, highest happiness spectrum <laughs> right. and they all have really strong senses of community. They're, you know, having dinner with each other and, um, grandparents are helping to raise babies and just really strong, you know, familial and friendship ties. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, first thing I do when I'm in the dumps is call my sister. Yeah. Call my mom, call a friend. <laughs> and then it's get outside, get my butt outside, get moving, go to yoga class, have a dance party in my living room. Yes. Um, something to like shake up the energy and, you know, reconnect to what's important. Yeah. I remember we just um, we just went to Italy. Well, we went to Europe, but our first day there, we had the choice of sleeping in or getting up early and going to like Bellagio because we Lake Como because yeah. we knew the next day it was going to rain and we were only going to be in Milan for two days. So we made the effort to get up at eight a.m. even though we had major jet lag. And it is amazing how just getting outside, be feeling the sun, that kind of that stuff works. Yes, it shifts everything. It's it does. <laughs> well, what's interesting too, though, you talk about community, and I know. Yeah, look, I, I maybe I'm slightly negative, and I it's just I'm not sure. I, believe me, I see, I, I I hear the individual benefits, and I think that's yeah. the key. I do think individually, Instagram can help you reach a huge audience. And the funny thing is, is that it talks about community and it talks about increasing community. But I think as a whole, it's causing more harm than good. I do think there are stories like yeah. yours, though, where I think individually um, you can have a, an impact on a lot of people. Um, but for whatever reason, I feel like people don't know how to control themselves. S somehow the, these pla I don't know if it's because Instagram and Facebook because of the algorithms now, they are tapping. I really believe, and I've read this somewhere, where they're actually tapping into, they know what your insecurities are, so they know that you're yeah. to keep you on the platform. So um, do you talk about this at all with your students, or do you just um, not? I do don't, you, do but you, I should, man. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I saw an article, maybe was it last week, where there was a suggestion that Instagram was going to take away the like feature yes uh-huh like that's genius yes yes that needs to happen yeah um, totally yeah twitter is thinking about getting the retweet getting rid of the retweet factor and i get yeah and so instagram because what's going on is bullying is is going up and uh, yeah. and female teenage suicide is going up and they're contributing yeah. it to this freaking stupid like on Instagram because everybody cares about likes and if yeah. you don't if you don't get like if you get 200 likes on one thing and then you only get 50 on another that actually makes people depressed absolutely it's fucked up <laughs> so do you actually feel that way sometimes yeah i Absolutely. And like you said, it's all controlled by algorithms and advertisers. And, and I absolutely get worried that if, you know, a sponsored post that I do doesn't get enough likes and, you know, comments like, oh, no, are they going to hire me again to do another a feature, another photo? Yeah. Um, and that sucks. It's not a good feeling. Well, this isn't this is actually important now. Um because, you know, I talk a lot of shit about uh, Instagram and the impacts and all that kind of stuff. And I think this is real stuff. But here's a great story where you're actually getting hired by people and, and, and uh, to post stuff for their products on Instagram, right? I mean, that's correct. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's so what I mean, obviously, you're attractive, you're good looking, you have great energy. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And, and you sort of like exude this quality that I'm sure a lot of health related companies, uh, maybe yoga related companies, it, it makes sense. I get it. And I love that. Uh, but I think it's important to ha actually have a conversation with you to sort of get a little behind the scenes thing of you are a real person, you have yeah. emotions. So what were you doing on Instagram and posting stuff? Or where would, how did the transition happen where 
you know, people started reaching out to you? Did it happen in LA? Did it happen in Austin? And did did you have like a social marketing meeting with somebody or is it did it happen organically? Can you tell me about it even or Yeah, it happened in LA. Okay. And it was a combination of things. I was teaching dance and fitness and yoga. And I don't even remember how oh, it was my friend Ben. My friend Ben, who I taught hip hop dance with, mm-hmm. had he has a um a pretty significant following on like on YouTube for his dance stuff and Fabletics. Kate mm-hmm. Hudson's line had reached out to him to be like an ambassador. It's one of like the first ambassador programs for fitness apparel. And he was like, great, but you don't make men's clothing. Mm. So right. he put me in touch with them and I was so grateful that he did. So I did some work with Fabletics, wrote some articles and just those being on the site increased my following quite a bit. So like, give me, from there, give me an example though. I mean, did you have like, you know, a couple thousand and then within like, a few months because yeah, you're, you're I, over like 50,000 now. Um, I mean, I started with a couple thousand from the Fabletic stuff. It like jumped to like 10. Wow. And then once I started teaching for popular studios like Sweat Yoga mm-hmm. and when I was an Equinox instructor, that made it spike again. Yeah. Um, and then from, you know, from the Fabletics article, I got a couple of opportunities to work with other brands and kind of each time I would do another article, another photo shoot, another video, it's like, I'd see another crazy spike. And then it was actually interesting moving to Austin. I saw a drop in my followers. Really? I was going to ask about that. I wasn't posting beach photos all the time. Wow. Um, You know, it was was weird to see, but yeah, definitely, definitely decreased. So, I mean, People are funny. They want to see, they want to see like nice locations and a lot of skin. It's it's weird. I wonder though, like if part of the fa- fascination again, I just got back from Europe, is because I feel like we're sexually. Um, I don't know if the word's deprived or sexually, um, we don't talk about sex and we, and we don't like, we, we think guns on television is fine and all this gun violence is okay. But if, you know, somebody shows a nipple or something, everybody freaks out because there's such a sexual repression in this country. Uh, I'm just wondering if, if that's also contributing to the obsession with Instagram and, I, I, it's so fucking complicated, but I think all probably yeah, yeah so much to it. <laughs> it really is, right? Yeah. God, it's so so like now. That's so fucked up that you saw your following, by the way, like decrease or change since you. So you because you really don't post like um, beach photos anymore, do you? Well, obviously because you're in Austin, but yeah. Do you feel like you should post bikini shots over at Barton Springs or something? Or if I wanted my followers to increase, yeah. But I'm not about that. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna post a photo of myself in a bikini just to get yeah. likes. Like yeah. that's not what I'm about. Right. Um, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather share quality content um, that can maybe help somebody. Yeah. And that's why I feel grateful to have partnerships like I do with you know um, these wellness companies. I say no to a lot of stuff. I say no to something if I don't believe in it. I say yeah. no to something if I don't think it's actually going to, you know, be a cool product for people. I try to be very mindful about what I'm saying yes to and what I'm putting out there. So you're like a full-time, this is your gig, full-time yoga teacher. How many times a week do you teach at Wanderlust and then, and how? Yeah, so I help to, I'm on the operations team. So I help to manage the studio. So that's really full-time. Okay. Um, and then... It's crazy. I was teaching 20 classes a week in LA and now I've got five five public classes, which is so good for me because I'm able to put a lot of my energy into building the community and helping to run the studio. Yeah. And then those five classes, I like pour my heart and soul into creating really quality sequencing, an awesome playlist. And yeah, I'm able, I'm able to really, I'm able to really be there for my students those five times a week, way more than I think I ever was bopping around LA. Yeah, so you're full-time 
like the business office, I guess I would say, or, or, and then you teach five classes a day. And then how often are companies like, give me some sponsors and some companies that have reached out to you. And I mostly do work with mind, body green, um, health and wellness company. They also have a podcast and they, I think they're putting out quality content and they have a solid team. Um, I can trust that everything they run by me is, is going to be a, a cool company that is, you know, trying to do good in the world. Yeah. And yeah. And then who's taking like your, cause your photos all sort of have like a, a professional thing to them. Thank do, you. Do you have somebody that's doing this for you? Or, I mean, is this, are you thinking like, is this all well thought out and who's involved in your social media? Cause again, I know. Yeah. yeah just who's involved and how, like, are you thinking, what are you thinking about it and how's it work? Yeah. So, um, for so for a sponsored post there's usually a photographer that's hired um and then for my other content that i post it's usually just like friends of mine who happen to be photographers who you know they yeah they need content i need content sure um i also sometimes just give my friend my iphone and then play around in lightroom to get the colors right cool i enjoy it i feel like it um I get to use a bit of my artistic brain to, you know, create stuff that's pretty, but it's also going to call people to maybe read the actual content that I'm writing. Yeah. And, you know. I mean, obviously, since you are, and I, I posted this podcast of, a couple of weeks ago where I do feel like human beings are becoming brands. Like, we're not humans. Yeah. We're not humans anymore. And I get that your business model it is dependent partly on Instagram. I mean, obviously, it's so you are, that's, sure. I mean, I guess I would say you are an influencer to some regard. Is that fair to say? I hate, I hate that word <laughs> well, so much. Why but, the, but, but, but yeah. And I hope if, if that's what I am, then I hope I'm influencing for, for good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're absolutely like I, um, I use an app that, that gives me an overview of what my Instagram is going to look like when I post certain photos. So sure. Like that's yeah. There are like certain colors that are going to look good in my feed, but I also don't go out of my way to like buy an outfit that, yeah. you know, going to fit the color scheme. It's like, I am who I am. I, I like what I like. I appreciate what I appreciate. I'm always going to look for a palm tree. Yeah to take a photo under because I love palm trees and the beach. Sure. <laughs> and I think that's part of like, for me, the importance of being authentic. Like I'm never going to post something that doesn't feel real and important to me for the sake of some likes. Um, yeah. And I hope that through my yoga classes and through Instagram, I'm helping to motivate others to find like, to find what like sparks their passion, what feels real to them. Yeah. Um, Cause it's so, it's so easy to compare yourself and take yourself out of the present moment. Just tell me a little bit about like your family in the sense that you have brothers, sisters, what was life like in Massachusetts? And then how the hell did you come out to the West coast? So we lived in Massachusetts just for a little while. It's where my dad studied yoga. He studied at Kripalu. And then my mom got a job at the University of Missouri. She's a professor. Okay. So we moved to Missouri and <laughs> that's where I, you know, went to school, went to elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school. Because of my mom's job, we got to travel a lot. I have a little sister and my parents got divorced when we were young and they both did a really good job of taking time to travel with us, whether it was to see family or just go on crazy adventures. Yeah. So that definitely instilled uh, a bit of wanderlust. Yeah. Um, and living in Missouri, I, I really missed the ocean and I treasured any trip that we took to the beach. So it was kind of a no brainer when I was looking at colleges to, you know, go back to the East coast or check out the West coast. Yeah. My dad and I did, a really rad road trip of, um, of highway one in California hmm. as part of my like college tour. And when we arrived in San Francisco, I just fell in love with the city. So 
Yeah. That's where I went to school. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that we grew up traveling. I mean, we're so privileged. Um, so, so grateful that we got to see the world and, What's your favorite? So many different people. What's your favorite place? I love Australia. Okay. I love Bali, Hawaii. Yeah. Well, like it's interesting. You know, I talked about it uh, this last week, but it's you know we talk or I talk about Instagram and America, but all of these things make us so obsessed with ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's just so unhealthy. I mean, look, here's yeah. the here's the bottom line. I'm not naive. I mean, you know, I'm a writer. I teach yoga. I'm a DJ. You know, I want people to come to my stuff and I I want people to enjoy sure. my class and I want people to buy my book and I want people to listen to my podcast because it's like, you know, you're cool. And I want people, I, I think it's about creating deeper thought, deeper connection, making human beings feel like human beings again. Like you can swear, yeah. you can like get angry sometimes and happy. And I think traveling is also sort of this amazing equalizer it, it it humbles you when you go somewhere you haven't been before and people sure. don't and people don't speak your language and then you have to like how do i tell this person that i like want a glass of water but they don't speak my language and do i clap it's it's it makes you feel like a child again and it's it's exciting yeah. though but it really it's not about instagram it's not about likes it's not like impressions it's just it's like real life shit what brings you those moments of of humanity and and you're like not worried about yourself and you're just like free you're living life oh my i mean being at the beach number one yeah i always feel so humbled and a sense of like smallness and awe of like how <laughs> yeah. big the world is yeah um yeah the beach is my happy place for sure it's where i can like completely just everything disappears but also moments with my family and like, meeting new people. I love learning about other cultures and hearing people's stories. Yeah. Like all my bullshit goes away hmm. when I'm learning about someone else. And it's one of the reasons I love travel so much is seeing how other people live and, and seeing what is, there's so much that we all have in common. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a. I think it's a beautiful thing to experience the world through through someone else's eyes, and yeah, it's why going to different cultures and like actually walking the streets and experiencing right. how people really live, rather than you know being stuck up in a resort. All yeah, time. you seem really level-headed. And where is this? Just is it from your parents ultimately? Thank you. Yeah, oh, my parents are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, my um. My mom is probably the smartest woman I've ever met. My dad is just the sweetest soul. Yeah, there. I feel so lucky. I've, I really lucked out in the parental department. Yeah. I just want to know about like your first retreat because i remember actually when i did meet you my girlfriend and i were going to tulum like a week later and you had yeah, yeah and you had this this sort of retreat happening and is that sort of a how many retreats do you have a year you still you do paddle boarding or something what's what's the deal i'm getting it I all wrong yoga, yeah. which i love like the, that it combines yoga and the water is you know yeah. the ultimate your favorite it's so thing. fun yeah it's so fun yeah, I when I was living in LA, I did a few retreats in Tulum. I've taken a little bit of a step back. There was such an emphasis on getting the photo. Like every activity we did. Interesting. Um, well, it's funny. It might have been, been the people that were in attendance, but like also as the as one of the retreat organizers, like I should have shut that down from the get-go like i recognize my fault in that well explain um, that what do you mean i should have encouraged people to like be present like put yeah. your phones away huh. um but because the first the first retreat we did it was rough man every every huh. location we went to was like half the time we were there is like oh let me get the perfect shot let's get can you take a photo of me here it's like yo put your phone down be present like yeah enjoy the scenery be here now 
the second time we did the retreat, we brought my good friend Taylor along. She's Uh an amazing photographer. Uh We brought her along with us so that she could take the photos. Good idea. And everyone could like leave their phones, right? But of course, what fucking happens? (laughs) She's getting all these amazing shots and everyone's handing her their phone. Oh my God. To get, and it's like, oh man, it's like, (laughs) it's, uh, yeah. Um, So wait, that started to feel too much like, it was like, man, like, are you just here on this retreat to get photos for Instagram? It just didn't feel, it didn't feel authentic to me. What I've been looking for now is a chance to lead a retreat that is an opportunity for people to really disconnect and be in the beauty of, of the present moment. Um, so I'm trying to figure out a good way to do that. Probably having a photographer on hand and like a strict no cell phone policy will. <laughs> yeah, I think it's to that's mind blowing to me, and I'm only like connecting with it because um, being on vacation in Santorini, which is like super beautiful, stunning. And, yeah, and we were in Dubrovnik, and I, you know, I get the sense of taking a photo. Um, But I didn't post anything while I was away. I specifically just because it's not just about posting, because then you're looking at your phone to see who like the reactions you get. To see who liked it. Yeah, Yeah. it's and I'm all for taking photos while you're on vacation. Like, yes, like remember the moment. Like, yes, there are beautiful views. Like, take the photo and then put it away. Yeah. Or like have a legit camera so that you could take the photo and like not all of a sudden have all these notifications and then you're disconnected and then you're like, yeah. That's amazing. So you, I want, that's like, because I remember when you went to Tulum and we friended each other on Instagram, I remember seeing a lot of Tulum photos and everything looked absolutely fucking amazing. And so it's just, and it, is. it is amazing. It's fucking, <laughs> I love the sand in Tulum. It's like so white. The food's oh, great. I lo- I've been like three times. But what's so yeah. funny to me is that beneath all these photos, you actually have a memory of people being obsessed with taking photos and not actually like enjoying themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's messed up. That's hysterical. And like, you know, you got to get the drone shot. And so we're like mid-meditation. All of a sudden you hear this drone. No which is way. Like, um, you know, it sounds like a bunch of killer bees, which of course takes you completely out of the moment. So, you know, there's a fine line. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hysterical. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I think it was, how many times did you do that? Tulum retreat um, or like with this company or this I feel like it was you and a like a fitness guy or something or did you do it yeah at, but so you did yeah, it yeah it was with the company okay and, and so so I did that one twice but they both went really well and um, of course now like I don't know if I can do another Tulum retreat because prices are just yeah they're going up down it's there such a popular destination it's crazy now, now. yeah kind of hurts my heart it's like oh it's being so oversaturated but I mean, it's a beautiful yeah. place. Well, I remember... Always have a special place in your heart. I remember going to Playa del Carmen about eight years ago, nine years ago, and found a place right on the water for like $180 a night. Uh, maybe nice. $170, maybe, actually it was maybe 150 And then like five years later, went to Tulum, and again, right on the water was like maybe 200 220 Great place. Yeah. Same place now is $600 a night. Yes. That's bizarre. That's insane. It's so it's fucked stupid. up what's going on down yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can see why, but we're just, yeah. It's good of you that yeah. you, it's good. I'm, it's, I'm, it's funny that just hearing that story, I, because there you are, the yoga teacher, re, you know, um, leading the retreat. And it is, you know, I, again, I'm only sensitive to it because I just got back from vacation, but. You know, the cell phone is exhausting and it, it does, it, it's not just about phone calls and listening to music and it's not just about looking at a picture or po- right. it's not about like just posting. It, it it pulls and tugs on all these sort of emotional things going on in your brain. And I, I it would be one thing if you were sort of like, yeah, let's get that great picture, get that great picture. But clearly you weren't that way. <laughs> No. And also, you know, people paid a lot of money to be there. I don't want to tell them. Oh, that's true. You you can't be rude. But yeah, inside I was just dying a little bit. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I don't think that's going to change in the sense that um, I think that's people's inclination now. But it's ultimately I I like I like your no cell phone policy. That's that's really that's a good idea. Yeah. 
I have a new boyfriend and he's great. He's like never on his phone. And I've noticed just being with him, seeing that he never has his phone out. I'm like more inclined to be fully present and not have my phone out. And my screen time has gone down by like 50%. That's great. It's amazing. So if like we can just encourage each other to put the phone away and be present, like it just takes one person to remind the group. Yeah. And not to be that asshole to have their phone out. Yeah. And, and I know I've sort of kind of become that asshole sometimes and people have like <laughs> people jokingly, look, I'm not like a superhero. I certainly have the inclination to look at my phone, but I do think sure. uh, a whole um, we'll just talk America. Millions of people, if instead of reading, talking, reading the paper, if they're primarily looking at Instagram or Facebook because they're, you know, it feels good. They're addictive. Yeah. Of course, it feels good to get a like. I mean, I can see why somebody would obviously look at Instagram after posting a photo because it feels really good if somebody likes your shit. I mean, it's it's it makes sense. It's human. It's normal human yeah. reaction. Yeah. So I just I think we need to be more aware of uh, uh just more aware and talk about it and and put the fucking phone down um yes amen so, yeah right so lastly um clearly you love austin you're not you're not leaving yeah not yeah for now it's home for sure um do you do you miss do you feel sorry to interrupt but do you feel any inclination to come back to la or no way i miss the ocean so much okay I my my gut tells me it would take a long time before I could handle the the grind yeah of working in LA again but I certainly I have a deep homesickness for California huh interesting um, and a deep homesickness for the ocean so definitely one day I'll make my way back to back to the sand yeah but for now Austin is everything I need and yeah. more it's been a truly transformative place. What's the yoga scene like there? I mean, is it uh, because here in LA, there's just you know teachers everywhere and lots yeah. of students, and it's competitive getting new jobs. I mean, what's the what's the scene like there in Austin? Same. There are a lot of amazing yoga instructors. There's so many quality studios. Um, it's definitely a younger scene than Los Angeles, hmm, okay. which is exciting. It's it's exciting to see um, studios and teachers grow as the popularity of just health and fitness in general here grows. So yeah, it's, it's cool to be a part of that. What's like, what are, what are the hot studios there? I mean, obviously Wanderlust, but Wanderlust. yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, Black Swan is amazing. Okay. Practice yoga. Um, Suka. There's, yeah, there are a lot of great spots here. Well, Zoe, you kick, you kick ass for talking to me. Um, thank, you. thank you for having me. Yeah, just a, like a few things here. Just so I think it's salty zozo on Instagram, right? It is. What's yeah. what's that all about? Um, I'm always sweaty. <laughs> well, I used to always be in the water or sweaty living yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah, and my friends would call me salty, so got it. It stuck. It and did. my sister has always called me zozo. Okay. And so you can be found, like any big events or anything coming up in Austin. So this will, by the way, this will post not this coming week, but the week after. Um, cool. So just like uh, any events or anything going on this summer that people should pay attention to? Yeah, definitely. The, um, the free Summer Sunset Series in Republic Square Park is going to be going on every Tuesday evening. So if you're in Austin over the summer come get some free yoga in the park that's cool um yeah it's really cool um let's see last week we had 600 yogis turn out for the event wow that's amazing incredible yeah well zoe welch you freaking are awesome thanks so much for talking thanks, yeah appreciate you you're um when i asked you to come on the show were, were you apprehensive at all you're like no fucking a i'm gonna do this no, like I was honored that you asked me. Yeah, well, I, I think you're really smart. I think you're really passionate. I think you're really authentic. And I hate saying that word authentic, but I just, no, but I, I think I think you're aware of, of the world around you. I think you think about the impact that things could possibly have. I think you yeah. know that Instagram is there, social media is there, but I think it's like there's a lot of stuff going on beneath the surface that Instagram doesn't want you to know that you do know. And I think it's probably 
making you cautious and also just aware of the things that you post and the things that you say and and you realize that this can all have an impact and it's just important to talk about for so, sure yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah definitely um zoe welch thanks so much for coming on the downward facing spiritual smile you're awesome you can check her out at salty.zozo on instagram and you kick ass thanks again yay thank you cool